This is Between Classes, a Kurtaba Islamic Academy production. Coming up in this episode. It's not going in my head, and which is funny because it doesn't go in your head; it goes in your heart. You can't stop doing something that you love, even if it's hard for you. Every believer is a half-wit to a certain degree of portion. We all have some Quran in our heart. Quran is like a life jacket. It saves you from drowning in this reality of slipping time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum. Welcome to the very first episode of Between Classes by Qurtuba Islamic Academy. My name is Mulana Muhammad Kuvaja, the guidance counselor here at Qurtuba Islamic Academy. And most importantly, today, the podcast host of the very first episode of Between Classes. The hype has been building up on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. What exactly is Between Classes? And what exactly is Qurtuba Islamic Academy on about? Between Classes is a podcast series that will discuss topics that are relevant to learners, their parents, and educators. We will have dynamic discussions, interactive interviews, and much, much more. But the best part of all is that Between Classes will be hosted and run by the learners of Qurtuba Islamic Academy. But that's it for now. Without further ado, let's delve straight into our very first podcast. Normally, as a believer, before embarking on any journey, we recite the Quran Kareem so that that journey and endeavor of ours becomes pleasant. For example, at a wedding reception, normally the Quran Kareem is recited first so that the wedding and the function itself becomes pleasant by virtue of the Quran. And so when we sat down and we brainstormed ideas that what should we discuss in our very first podcast episode, the thought crossed our mind that let us also start off with something related to the Quran so that between classes becomes a pleasant endeavor. And alhamdulillah, today I am joined by Hafidha Azra Mayed, a grade 11 learner at Qurtuba Islamic Academy and a learner who is excelling academically. But let me tell you something. All of those accolades are put aside and outshined by the fact that before her name, she carries the title of Hafidha. And inshallah, she is going to be sharing with us her journey and inspiring us so that those who want to become Hufad and those who are aspiring to become Hufad can feel motivated by her words. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah so much, Manana, but I definitely don't deserve all of the praise. But alhamdulillah, I am a hafidah and definitely my greatest accomplishment to this day. But the rest will just fall in place. My, my Allah Ta'ala has given me the rest of my praises to say that I'm good in school, I am good and confident, but the rest is, it just comes from my hips, alhamdulillah. I think, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing feat. Last week, in fact, um, I myself, as I said, a guidance counselor, so I was speaking to a non Muslim psychologist. And they were asking me, like, what drew you to psychology and your journey? So I was explaining to them, you know, when I was in grade seven, I left schooling, uh, full-time schooling. 
to do and to com complete my hafiz of the Quran Kareem. So I explain to them, you know, we memorize from morning till night the entire Quran, which is our holy book, and it's in the Arabic language. I never understood a word of it at that time. Alhamdulillah, now I still do understand a percentage of it. But at that time, I never understood it. And they were like, the Quran, the book you guys read. I was like, yes, that. She was like, yo, you must be very smart. So she was like really, really shocked that a person could actually memorize the Quran. And then I was thinking to myself, but in South Africa, so many people, alhamdulillah, which have memorized the Quran. Even in here, within the school, I mean, so many people have memorized it. So we often don't realize the value, I think, of a hafidh of a hafidha, and really the value of Quran. Mulana, even today in assembly, the one Mulana, he said, uh, who can come up here and say a thousand ayats? And I was like, oh my word, like a thousand ayats, who's going to do that? And I was like, wait a second, I'm a hafid. I, I probably do, I do know more than a thousand ayats, but I don't realize sometimes that well, it's actually a really, really big thing to do. It's something that's like, a lot of that you can see it's a miracle because you're not, it's not able to be done with any other book. Mm -hmm. That's why the rhythm, the, the style is like able for you to memorize it. Mm -hmm. But we don't ever really reflect over it. I think sometimes when a miracle is so common, we lose the value of it. And, and the Quran itself is a miracle. Mm. So then you, and then you realize that you like literally, you were a walking miracle because you're holding this quality, valuable thing that like came directly from heaven. You're walking around with a piece of heaven in your heart. Like, I mean, it's like, it gives you honor in the status of the people, but mainly honor in the status of Allah's eyes. And I think that's like the most greatest honor you can ever achieve in this world. Mm. Yeah. SubhanAllah. You don't ever, sometimes we fail to reflect on these things. And just hearing it is amazing. You know, I don't want to make it too much about myself <laughs> because I'm not the person in the hot seat today. But I remember like our Ustad Muhammad Haq Hafidhullah Ta'ala, he taught us Sahih Bukhari. He used to say uh, something again amazing. He said, whenever we think of a half of the Quran or half of the Quran, we think of a person who memorized from Surah Al-Fatiha, Surah Al-Nas. <laughs> but in reality, every believer is a half to a certain degree or portion. We all have some Quran in our heart, whether it's just Surah Fatiha, those few surahs you're reciting in, you know, your normal what surah. What down. Exactly, what duha down. <laughs> but as you mentioned yourself, I mean, it's, you caught a portion of the kalam of Allah, the speech of Allah conceded in your heart. Yeah. Even if it's a small portion, it's not so small, it's relatively small. To us, it might seem small, but in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's something massive and severe for us. So mm -hmm. we are on Hufar, but you are a person who has memorized the entire Quran. Inshallah, the journey continues. Tell us maybe, but I mean, how did it start? Where did you realize that this is what you actually want to achieve and come So one of my friends, uh, Maria Mosa, one of the most amazing person I've ever met, uh, she said that, so like, where did you, did, where did you choose to like uh, do his or something? And I was like, to be honest, this one, it kind of chose me, <laughs> like Alhamdulillah, because I don't ever remember like um, saying I want to do his right now. I was very young. I was like in grade two. And it's a funny story a little bit. Um, I used to, before I used to go to school, I used to listen to Radio Islam. The adverts on Radio Islam, right? And I used to listen to them every day. And so I memorized all of them. So like I would walk around the house sometimes and like if the radio would come on, I'd be like, oh, continental cash and carry over 7,500 square meters of stock. And I would list the thing and I would know the phone numbers, the address, and I just memorized everything. And um, then by grade two also, just by like hearing it, I think on radio, I memorized Ayatul Kursi. And my grandfather, my Papa Mulan Rashid, 
he um he he's he asked me one day like on the table uh can you read for me i took lucy and i was it was in grade two and i was like okay yeah so i did it for him and like i'm doing that for my papa he just saw like i had a potential there but i could memorize something and the rest is a blur i don't know what happened but he took me in and then from then i just started my news journey and i don't even know how it started but like i just went on that path subhanallah i think the way you describe it it chose you <laughs> I think the taqdeer of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yes, decided to be such. But at the same time, shout out to Radio Islam. You're creating that enthusiasm within you. But subhanAllah, I mean, as you mentioned, it, it chose you. And it's a journey. But also, like, I know a lot of people sometimes, they say that, like, no, his isn't for me. And, um, like, I'm not, like, I can't do it. I'm not worthy. But the thing is, Yes, everything is written down, but dua is the one thing that can change the clear. You only need to take, the only thing you need to do is take the first step and don't stop. You you decide that, okay, in school, I am doing what dua down, and especially Tarawi time, I polish that part up. But um, if you just continue learning, like a surah, like, especially it's like five lines, if you learn it every day and you take that path, Allah opens up pathways for you from where places you never thought you'd see. You can literally become part of it. Just like decide and like don't be Go ahead, do mm. it. We all have the potential. Let's mm. say the dua. So you mentioned about in terms of like your inspiration when you drew or where you started your journey. Sure. Tell me a bit about the journey itself. So I was never in um, a classroom of his, of Hufad, right? Um, so sometimes I, w- I wonder what it would be like to kind of be with a friend and then like if you're giving your door and you start making mistakes, will your friend like judge you? Like, I don't know. Because for me, it was always just, so my I told you my grandfather came in. Yeah, my papa, he took me. And so every day I would just go do my hair by my papa. And so it became a part of my life. Like literally in the morning, I'd go for dinner time and then I was in home school so I'd have time in the afternoon from like mm-hmm. one o'clock to three o'clock and then I'd go for madrasa and I would do madrasa subjects but the first hour I would do hips and when I come home at night after maghrib I would do hips again and after maghrib was sabak and after isha was door so my entire life became hips like I didn't actually have any other any other thing to do like if I was like uh, say that okay maybe this is not for me and I stopped it would just like but, but this is my entire life like what else must I do it's like the purpose of living like why would mm-hmm. I do that and um, my one friend also asked me once uh, like did I ever think of stopping and um, at one point when I was in like uh, 28th para I just know your thasunas were getting hard they were they was like sounding like repetition and like it was getting a bit hard for me and um I was just like, you know what, I, I want to stop. Mm. I can't do this anymore. And I like, I, I'm so bad at it. Like it's not going in my head and which is funny because it doesn't go in your head. It goes in your heart. But, um, I was like, let me stop. And my mom was like, okay, you want to stop? That's like, you know, I understand, but, um, okay, just go tomorrow again. And then I just went and I just continued because it's, I can't stop. You can't stop doing something that you love, even mm. if it's hard for you. Like it's just, you're going to continue mm. and it's going to become a part of your life. And it's like the center of your life. So then for me, I was just Quran every day. Yeah, every day for the rest of my life, inshallah. I mean, I mean, we all have those moments. I think <laughs> as a journey of any half it, we're like, tonight it's the, it's the end. I can't take it anymore. Maybe after you got beaten by your star, <laughs> you got a shouting from your star. Or as you said, you're just trying to put it in your head, but it's just not going. No matter what you're doing, yeah. um, it's, just, it's just not going. And I always remember my mother, up until this day, whenever they read that verses, they always think of me. 
for the second. Well, every half is, I think, has it one or two pages. And you remember the class, yeah. So the second, no, sorry, the third quarter of uh, the second para, Sirbani Israel. Mm. I just remember I used to come read it to my mother and just, I wasn't doing it by my mother, but she used to test me. But I used to read it and read it and read it and just couldn't go in. And at those moments, as you said, you feel like, oh man, I need to throw in the towel. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. But alhamdulillah, you continue. The next day you get up and continue. And sometimes if you can see like that one subject page, it's just like this, each word is a new word you've never seen before. I take an eye or two less hmm. and I do that. And then the next day, like sometimes alhamdulillah, like, you know, it will be easier Then I'll take one or two ayats more. It's okay to like, uh, like cut down a little bit. You don't have to say, okay, today I did 10 lines instead of 13 lines. I'm a failure and I'm not good at heels. Like mm-hmm. you allow to take break. Like Quran only does it like uh, it rejuvenates you spiritually. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they say that you, if you're sleepy, if you're feeling tired, you shouldn't continue doing Quran because I have uh, many memories where I'm sitting on the couch and I'm reading Quran and then the next thing I see, I'm sleeping. And like, it's like because of fidget time and I'm just so tired and like, you should take your breaks, take your breaks, relax and then rejuvenate your mind, come back. And I know one thing that I would always do is, um, one of the girls in my school previously, she also was doing hips, uh, and she told me just drink honey water. Mm. And it's a sunnah of Nabi Wasallam. It would kind of just like soothe your throat so you feel calm. But when you wake up in the morning, say like maybe you, you're tired or something, but then you make yourself like a nice cup of warm, like, you know, honey water, you put like a little lemon, you create a positive environment mm. where you can sit and do your Quran. So it's not just I'm waking up for Quran, it's like I'm waking up for like a time of like comfort where you kind of have, it's a form of meditation also. Because like as for far, sometimes when you wake up for time, you're the only one awake in your house. It's like you and it's Allah. And then mm. there's like the book of Allah, which is like you reading what Allah is telling you. No, if you want Allah to speak to you, you should read the Quran. So then like you kind of just feel like it's like an intimate moment. And then you're there and then you like, you feel like you at peace, like you're where you should be. And I think that's like... Priceless. Yeah, it's priceless. priceless. Those moments you can't ever get in your life again. Yeah. Just sitting there, as you said, the stillness of the night. It's... I'm thinking back. I am thinking back to my moments and I remember those days as well. And nowadays I'm so caught up in life. You know, I forgot what it feels like to actually, as you said, just be there with the Quran and Kareem, reciting it in a connection. What advice would you give to those who are aspiring to become her father or those who are doing his, but they're struggling to do it? So, um, for me, I had like a golden tip. You know, it's all of these people in my life that I kind of just, they just told me one tip and it changes you completely. That's really what, like the power of people, honestly. Someone told me to do my sabak just before I sleep, more like Isha time, right? And uh, before I was just kind of learning uh, in the afternoon, I was learning my ayahs. I would just like uh, read it 10 times and try and learn it in the afternoon. And so then I heard that you should do it before you sleep. So every night I would uh, listen to it, right? I would listen to it for pronunciation and I would read the ayah 10 times. I would learn like one or two ayahs, like more like one ayah, one line at a time. And I would go and give it to my mom. And I know at the end of that, my stomach was so weak. I honestly, like, it wasn't like strong. It was just like, I had the ayats in my head, but it was kind of jumbled. Like, I'd still make mistakes. It was like staggering, right? But anyway, I still did my stomach. Like, I learned the ayats finish and then I would go to sleep. And I promise like a miracle. You wake up in the morning and that is fluent. And I don't know how it happened. Like, for like, so I did hips for five years, right? And like, I only found the step in the, like the, after like a year and a half. 
And suddenly, my stomach was like, it was really strong. Like in the morning, I suddenly, and like the, the ayats come fluently. Mm. And I only realized like lately, it's because you sleep on it. And you know, like when you have a decision to make and people say, just sleep on it. It's because you go to sleep, you have this running in your mind. And then you go to sleep. And I mean, like Allah Taala puts it that like, it like straightens out. Like your mind is pondering about it all the time. It comes into place, it kicks into place. You had a night where like your body shuts off, but your mind and brain is at work. Mm. Your heart is at work trying to memorize these words that you tried to put inside. And then you wake up and like, Alhamdulillah is there. And I wish I could just tell every father, listen here, before you sleep, do your sabak. Even if you learn in the afternoon, then just like revise it a few times at night. In the morning, it just like, it flows. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, for me, so I said it took me five years. And I know the usual, it's four years. So I I kind of felt pressured that like, okay, I'm, uh, I'm like a slacking a bit. Like I'm not as good as the others. Like everyone else can finish in four years. But um, there is no rush to finish it. Just take your time. Obviously, just don't stop. That's the, that's the thing. There's momentum that keeps you going. Just go with it. I think that's valuable advice. And I agree with you. It's not about how long it takes you to reach your destination. Yeah. In certain cases, it is about that. But you're not in a hurry. Um, and actually, the longer you take, the more Quran generally a person reads. Because now yeah. you're making more door. You're struggling through it more. So inshallah, the reward will also be increased. Because yeah. for every single letter which is recited, you get 10 rewards. So I think we've discussed a bit in terms of the reward a person receives for reciting Quran and for becoming Hafid. But what are the benefits, dunyawi benefits? Because we live as human beings, we want instant gratification. I don't want to wait till the Akhirah. That's not something I'm seeing. I want something right now. Although that's not the primary objective of doing Hafid. Yeah. Have you noticed any dunyawi or benefits in this world? So like um, my one teacher, Appa Amira, she asked me, she was like um, busy organizing her stuff for school. And she was like, where do you find the time? Because I said I was reading an extra book or I was like listening to something. And she was like, where do you find the time to do these things? And I realized that by Quran, one of the biggest benefits it's given me in this life mm-hmm. here is that I feel an extreme barakah in time. And sometimes even at home, like I wouldn't have homework because like I have time in like school to do homework or like I find time and I just have these things where I can do free time. I have fitness I can do. I can like do leisurely time for myself and I still have time to learn my Quran and nevertheless giving your Quran. I mean, it takes half an hour to just read a para to start, right? So it's like got a lot to do with time. And then I realized that Quran is like a life jacket. It saves you from drowning in this reality of slipping time. And it like keeps you afloat because a lot of the time you feel like you can't even breathe. Like there's no, there's no space. There's no time. You have to be to the next place. You have to do the next thing. And I feel like once I started my hips, life wasn't so much of a rush. It wasn't so much of a race. It was more like just kind of slow down, enjoy. You, you have time to do things for yourself. And I feel like that's a very valuable thing in this world right now, especially. I'm sitting here amazed by the analogy. It's a beautiful <laughs> analogy. I hope you don't copyright it because I might just use it in my own bayans or whenever I speak myself. But really a beautiful analogy. And I think to the listeners, here yeah, you're hearing it. We're all complaining about time. I don't have time. And this podcast and, is probably going to be too short as well. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. People are like, where do I find time to listen to the podcast in the first place? But yeah, the golden rule is and the hack in life is being given to you from personal experience by our own Hafiz Azramayat. Is there any other benefits you would like to speak about? Um, you know, they say that Allah speaks to you through the Quran. And sometimes when you're upset or something's wrong, 
look to the Quran and you will find your answers. Now, unfortunately, we speak English. So when you look to the Quran, you're looking at these Arabic words, you're not really going to see an answer. I really urge everyone out there to go and listen and just see a translation. If you're feeling something, open your, your Quran app or whichever you, which English translation you have and just look at ayah and start reading. Read a little bit and you will see a sign there. Like a lot of the time, we think that these miracles are supposed to be what we want Allah to send us. Sometimes we'll be like, oh, Allah, if you please with me, just like, can I send a bolt of lightning? Just like kind of show me that you're listening to me. Like, but then you realize that these small miracles are there. They are everywhere. And once, um, I think, I, can't, I really can't remember, like, Alhamdulillah, Allah allow me to forget these negative things that people have said to me, but someone said something that hurt me. And I was sad and right? Sometimes when you're so sad, you actually, you think more about Allah Ta'ala because you know that Allah is the only one where in His remembrance you, your heart's find ease. And so I looked at the Quran and I was like, you know, let me just look at the translation. And I look at it and conveniently, I come to the part that says, لا تحسن إن الله معنا Do not fear always with us. And then, if you go down a little bit, right? Um, and they said that Allah has made their word uh, lowest, of like lower rank, and Allah's word is of the highest. And I, for me, that impacted me so much because it was someone's words, like just another human being who obviously has mistakes and like, I'm not judging them, but we all make mistakes and this person probably made a mistake by telling me something that hurt my feelings. But I saw it for the first time that, yes, don't be sad, but lots of people tell you don't be sad. So sometimes it doesn't like, you. yeah, I know don't be sad. But yeah, it's Allah Tala telling you don't be sad. And then Allah Tala says, you know why? Because I am telling you as the creator of words, as the creator of language, as the creator of mouths that allow words to come out of it, I'm telling you that their words are of the lowest. Their words don't have value. And listen to me, I'm telling you that what I believe, and I believe you, I believe in you, I believe that you are a good person, that you are a jannati, that you are a person that is in my ummah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and I'm telling you that my word is of the highest, believe me. And I'm like, you know what? It's true. It's true that like only Allah's word is the only word that counts, the only word that has value. And then people, we may say things like maybe you start, you feel encouraged now by what I'm saying, but truly it's only Allah Ta'ala that can guide your tongue. And it's only from us that our tongue sometimes misguides us. And we say some things that are mean, that are mean, that are hurtful, that you don't intend. So just sometimes you open up the word of Allah and you'll see that it's a love letter from Allah. It's the word of Allah and it's trying to comfort you. And you see that like you find life advices in the Quran just by like reading the translation sometimes. You'll see that Allah is always talking to you. It's a miracle there, right there. Like, how did how did I know which page to open? I know I'm a half I just don't know the page numbers, but I, like there, I knew it. And mm-hmm. I just knew it was my Allah speaking to me. Definitely, it's a message um, for all of us, and it's miraculous how no matter what you're going through, there's always some message for you to take home and a point of reflection. And honestly, if this podcast hasn't stirred something in you or motivated you, because I'm sitting here motivated. I want to start my journey of becoming happy again. <laughs> That's how motivated I'm feeling. So if it has motivated you, then don't just let it be a motivation and continue with life as usual. Push it further. You have the capacity. We all have the capacity. Enroll maybe at a madrasa. If you feel maybe you're old and you're not comfortable with going to someone, push yourself. Whether it be even just your basic recitation of Quran, your understanding of Quran, we all have the capacity to push ourselves further. And alhamdulillah, we do have gems within our society 
who are pushing themselves further. And today we got to listen to one of them, and that is Hafeza <laughs> Azramai. This may be a point of reflection. I'm going to put it out there to all of the listeners. What miracles have you seen in the Quran? Share with us. Maybe a moment in your life where you are feeling down, and all of a sudden you open the Quran and you found the answers there. Or maybe all of a sudden you just found some peace and tranquility from the Quran. Whatever miracle you drew from the Quran, share with us your thoughts, share with us your comments, inshallah. And maybe in a podcast which will follow, we might actually discuss those miracles of the Quran. Because maybe we listen to the miracles which happened to the Prophet. The person will feel that those don't apply to my life. It's not the 21st century. But there are miracles that are happening on a continuous basis. And maybe those miracles are in you. And you mm-hmm. realize that it's because of the Quran that you are allowed to get that. You are allowed mm-hmm. to suddenly be like flourishing in life. And it's because of the Quran. You are the miracle of the mm-hmm. Quran sometimes. Wow. You are the miracle. <laughs> um, really, that's, that, that's the message. Yeah. You are the miracle yourself. Jazakallah khairah for that. Jazakallah. I mean, inshallah. To all the listeners, be sure to share the podcast with family members or any person you feel that requires extra motivation, inshallah. And remember, this is not the end from us here at Kultuwais Academy. We've got more podcasts coming. So fasten your seatbelts and inshallah, get ready for the journey ahead because we got some exciting content for you. We leave you in the trust and the care of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We could not have made this audio adventure possible without the incredible contribution of Maulana Islam Raja, Appa Amira Hajjat, and the brilliant minds of the Kurtuba Islamic Academy podcast team. Remember to hit the subscribe button and follow us on social media to stay up to date with our latest episodes. This has been a Kurtuba Islamic Academy production. Stay tuned for more.